Wikipedia says cabin fever is the distressing claustrophobic irritability or restlessness experienced when a person or group is stuck in an isolated location. But we just call it Air Hamptons with Bridget and Bill. We sure do. I just call it every day of my life, forever. That's Jim Turner, our one-man band, and uh, we are in the midst of what we're calling March Madness, but the madness isn't the It's not. The it's, not, on the, it's, not a, it's not on it's the not, court, it's in the head. No, it's in the head. It's the cabin fever that we are uh, going to talk about this hour, and uh, cabin fever is a term that was... Uh, Came up with well, a, la- a lady writer, a woman, a woman in the in the early 1900s, uh, wrote uh, something like 57 different short stories that became movies, and uh, before you know it, she's termed this thing cabin fever, oh, wow. which was. You were out in the plains. You had nothing to do. <laughs> it's sort of it's like, it's like a, a Charlie Chaplin like eating his uh, shoes, right, in Gold Rush. Yes, it's like Charlie Chaplin eating his shoes. All right. Uh, so that's Jim Turner's little ode to Cabin Fever. Thank you, Jim. Thank and, you, Jim. Uh, he joins us. Hey, Jim, were you, uh, you know, when we were, Big I was finish. thinking about this whole Cabin Fever thing, and, and it really is COVID was the biggest Cabin, that was the oh, acid yeah. test for us. We came through that. Well, some of us did. Well, <laughs> not everybody. I you mean, snuck I don't off. mean that. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I mean, I'm the worst person to talk to about cabin fever because all I do is travel. Yeah, That's all I do. It's amazing. There's I'm no here. one I'm better really hour. to co-host a show about Long Island than someone who spends most of the year in Costa Rica. <laughs> not, um, it's not most of the year. That's Bridget being... Leroy, my host. I'm Bill McCuddy, my co-host. Bill and, uh, Jim Turner is our, as I said, our one-man band. And Jim, uh, did you find that you were prolific during? COVID? Did you write a lot? Did music help you get through it? Very, very much so. You know, you can entertain yourself. And But I could give you a practical, quick, professional answer without going to the endless... Uh, Nothing ma- endless, Jim. Ma- you got 30 seconds. It's too late for that now, The fact Jim. of the matter is, we musicians lost a lot of work because of the uh, COVID. And that's, that's a professional practical thing but me i was just jamming away <laughs> and most crazy. most most everyone is back to work now yeah for the most part i think so yes okay well enough of jim turner turner thank oh wait you. i got more to say no no no, no, no but later later <laughs> we'll hear about not later we'll don't hear worry. all through the show uh um, his nods to cabin fever we're gonna also go to broadway yeah but we'll, we've got yeah broadway hd we're gonna go down to palm Con- beach wait, where a lot Bonnie of Conley uh, and Stuart lane are okay. going to talk about broadway hd right. and then you're going to go down to palm beach we have our man in the Hamptons. I mean, you accuse me? Bill Boggs. Me going no, to Costa Rica? No, I'm not going. Oh, you're no, not Bill actually Bill Boggs going. is down there with, uh, oh, with Lady Jane uh, Rothschild. And they, they winter down there, as do many people oh, from yeah. here. And what many restaurants from the Hamptons that open up Absolutely. pop-ups down there, yeah. uh, including Almond in Bridgehampton and Bill Bouquet and a couple of others. Yeah. So they've been to all of them. They will talk about that. Cool. Uh, Palm Beach is on fire. We have Clavin, Tom Clavin, the movie maven, talking about what I'm calling the Noscars, because they're not Oscars. <laughs> really? Yes. You'll see. It's a surprise. You know, this is a year, speaking of Cabin Fever, when most people went back to the movies and saw things like Maverick, which Top Gun, which I wish would win, which isn't going to. By the way, the Oscars are a week from tonight, and I think Oscar, uh, I think. Tom is going to say he's seen almost nothing. But I think a lot of people, <laughs> four of the ten movies, were big blockbusters. Oh, yeah. So the there's a chance, actually, people were paying attention this year. Yeah, I think so. So we're going to see what happens, or not, when Tom Clavin comes to the mic. But in the meantime, the thing that, if you're stuck in a room that turns everyone around, 
It's is, flowers. It's flowers. Yeah. Flowers. And we are very, very fortunate to have a very good friend of mine who is a former CNN uh, anchor and reporter. We saw each other's on, on the, the roses are red carpets of things like uh, the Oscars and Golden Globes. And it's Jill Brooke. Jill has a, a, a site now called Flower Power Daily. I know. It's amazing. It's, it is amazing because uh, it sort of talks about the role flowers play in our lives. Can I uh, ask, Jill, can, how did you come up with this whole idea and why? Well, as an overly sensitive soul, I realized that everybody needs something in their toolbox that makes them happy. And what other entity on earth outside of flowers can express so many sentiments without saying a word? I'm sorry, thank you, congratulations, I love you. And flowers speak to everyone, and more importantly, it roots us together. So I've always researched flowers. I've always loved them. And at different chapters of life, I realized, you know, this has been my passion my whole entire life. And nobody has really looked at how flowers intersect in news stories, pop culture, fashion, design, decor, mm. food, wellness, and psychology. And then the pandemic happened, talking about cabin fever. Right. And we have 20 million new gardeners of all age groups now. Really? Who realize that flowers really were their solace. It, oh, we, and, and people are starting to realize, and certainly what we do at Flower Power Daily to, and what we fortify, is that flowers teach you many lessons of life. And that includes resilience. Mm. It, it includes patience. These are two things that we certainly needed. And the importance of beauty. Yeah. And literally what these flowers do and how they make everyone feel. And there's not one person in the world, in every single culture, that doesn't respond to flowers. And the other important piece about it, flowers tell stories. It not only tells stories about your families, but it tells you about our ancestors. Mm -hmm. And flowers were here during the dinosaurs, and many people actually believe, and there's studies now you know, reinforcing this, that after the dinosaurs left, it was the proliferation of flowers that gave Homo sapiens a food source. And that is why we still exist. I, I like. Wait, I just want to back up. I like how she says the dinosaurs left. Like they were like, oh, you know what? I've had <laughs> that enough. That asteroid of came and like Bring you know. Back. But we're it also there. shows. There's still a few living on Lily Pond right, Lane. But here's, <laughs> here's a key point about that. Okay. Even right now, um, the past few weeks, aside from obviously talking about the florist and the beautiful arrangements that are happening for Valentine's Days and way and ways, not Valentine's Day, but for you know weddings March and, weddings yeah. and right. everything that's sure. going to happen. But, you know, there's flower right now in um, Scotland that they're finding that can provide heart medication because in the cold climate, it grows in a certain way so that, therefore, there aren't side effects to the other previous drugs, which wow. is amazing. Well, now you're getting into my jam, which we had talked so about glad. before the show, which is just Pachamama and Mother Earth and, and the idea that the flowers, you know— if you believe that perhaps I'm, you're looking at me like I'm crazy Bill McCuddy, but that, How would that you know, be different that than earth, any other episode? Uh, right, exactly. That's why I'm turned away from you today. Um, but like the earth is a sentient being of some kind. It has a heartbeat, it, it, all of well, those it things. And does. it gives us these gifts. We give the earth our... And flowers our, are the gifts. Yes. And they're all But some over. aren't edible. We can't eat roses, you right? You can't eat roses, but you know, now it's wedding season right now. Yes. And they also, again, season. speak to the culture. So what I'm very proud of of being 
a part of is that there are these toffee roses right now that are trending like crazy. There's even a black market for them. Um, Can and I just add a, a quick caveat? Sure. You, you can't eat them. I tried. Don't eat a toffee. Toffee roses? They're not actually made of toffee. They're oh, made of okay. roses. Okay. okay. Yeah, I'm sorry. They are. Jump. But sorry. we can rewind the tape to talk about what rose petals and various other things. There are certain aspects of flowers that are edible. But it's like anything else. You have to know what you can do and what you can't do. But anyway. And the toffee roses is, is helping to... Uh, well, it's speaking to the culture, as it always does. Yeah. And um, so what's happened right now is that there were these farmers who created these, you know, toffee um, taupe flowers, mm -hmm. not expecting it to literally explode in demand. Because, you know, we think about all the florists and so much attention is always given to them and how they arrange the flowers. But that's 90% of the work already being done. That's not the breeders. That's not the cultivators who, you know, create all these flowers that can take years to develop. So they developed these toffee roses and all of a sudden it exploded in a demand but it makes sense of all the new weddings right now and all the new marriage 17 percent according to Pew Research are mixed races and ethnicities so it's not surprising really that when you are thinking about flowers that speak to you mm. you want flowers that also are multicolorism yeah. And huh. so now these flowers, um, Florist Review Magazine, some of the largest rose growers in the world, we got together and we have anointed the toffee rose to represent, in the language of flowers, open-minded, open-hearted, and blended. Because that's what we the are mixed now mixed race corsage. You could call it a mixed race, mixed culture, but I think that that also shows the expansion of love and the colors of love are expanding and that's a beautiful evolution of where we are now in 2023. It's all on flowerpoweredaily.com and every day when I go, there is something to smile about, first yeah. of all, but there's also some interesting aspect of the royal family or a or the, holiday the, that's happened. Or the state flowers, which are which are changing kind of, or rebranding, we talked about that. Yes. What, what well, the hell's going on with the state flowers? I well, don't mess with the state flowers. Not, like, I had to memorize there is that. Not, um, there is not a 50-state flower garden. And again, being the researcher I am, I went, how is that possible that there is not a 50-state flower In garden? In D.C.? In or the United States, right. anywhere. Well, the reason is, is because a lot of the flowers were established in the 1900s. And, you know... Things have evolved, like for instance, Alaska. Alaska has the forget-me-not, but guess what? It is the largest producer of peonies in the world oh. because of and its climate. And those peonies can see Russia. <laughs> well, I don't know if they see um, Russia, but I know that they're certainly sent to them because yeah. they get married too. And the and so and peonies is also to Wait, me. Wait, do we have a national flower? Yes, we do. And it was um, by Ronald Reagan in 1986, and there was a debate in Congress about whether it should be the marigold or the rose. And a congressman from Illinois argued that the marigold should be the, st um, the national flower because it grows in all Everywhere. 50 states right. and, you know, the yellows and oranges. But then a larger contingent said, well, the rose is the most beautiful flower. It's adaptive. And, you know, beauty won. So as a result, we now have the rose as the national flower, which really is... I think a good choice, and you it's do? also New you, York. Because it looks like you're rose. torn. Yeah, I know it it's looks New York. Like... Well, the, it, it you know the beautiful thing about gardens is that you know there are many beauty, beautiful flowers to choose from, and yeah. flowers bloom when they're ready, and they're not in competition with each other. And also, certain flowers bloom better 
in different soils and different regions. And I think we just have to appreciate that each region and each culture has something of beauty that, you know, gravitates there. That's Mrs. Beautiful. McCuddy does dahlias. Well, you she know and her what? friends, they bid for these things, they and there's oh, like yes. a thing there every year. There is a year, big market like a for orchids mania. and dahlias. For some reason, not roses. I mean, I think that roses, because they're so popular, um, and especially now the big story in roses, and we'll get back to dahlias and orchids, is that and tubers. Um, people w Tuber want roses. less care. Right. And so for the past, since 2000, when the um, knockout roses came, which are disease resistant, everybody has them, I'm sure, all over the Hamptons and elsewhere all across the country. They are fabulous. But in order to get the reblooming disease resistant flowers, they had to sacrifice fragrance. Right. And I, so no Shakespeare that drives me crazy uh, when I, for really? this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When I, have a, not, when I smell a flower, fragrant. yeah, they have no smell. And, and Sophie's Choice, to. they had to decide to get rid yes, of something and fragrance. And they got rid of exactly yes. it. That's crazy. Same thing with carnations. They don't. They used to have that beautiful. Anyway, that we can talk about smell. This. That's very true. We but can talk that's about this all day. Because there's, you know, every year there's what I call the flower fashion runway show, okay. and it's when all the breeders then show what is on the market and what will become popular. And everybody's hoping that their flower is going to become popular because once it does, it's obviously very wow, profitable. Wow, there's a convention just like every other all business. Over the country. Yeah. This is what I cover. This is what I do. I. You, you I you have a child I, named after a flower. You're supposed to know this I stuff. I do. Hi, Lily. Huh. There you go. Yes. Anyway, um, Jill Brooke, it's been so amazing. We could talk about this all day. But if all people want to learn more, they can go to your website, flowerpowerdaily.com. Or our Instagram. And every day we give a daily burst of positivity and wisdom through the beauty of flowers. And she brought the flowers we have on the set today. Oh, if you're listening beautiful. on WLIW, uh, we just have to take our word for it. They're very beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Jim Turner, play us out with a little... Uh, Flowery. Post-flower. Give us music. an arrangement. From an undisclosed tin prefab building somewhere in the wealthiest zip code in the country, we call that irony. This is Air Hamptons with Bridget and Bill. If you're listening to this from a Bentley, please send us $100. Uh, um, and we, we are also taping the show, as we always do, from LTV. LTV. Which, um, which, is we, which Jill Brooke kind of classed up a little with some roses. Yeah, behind look at that. Us that's and nice. And also on the table. Yeah, that's nice. All right, nice. we got to talk movies now, because uh, as I mentioned a moment ago, in just about a week, we've got the Oscars coming, and... And uh, this is our our man in the uh, our man in the movies. Our it's, movie it's Maven. Tom, Tom Clavin, the Hi, movie Tom. Maven, who of course Hello. has written countless books not about movies, but is a secret cinephile. So not so secret. <laughs> One of my secrets. Yeah. No, so, it's no but, secret. He's been on this show before, and we call him the movie Maven, and uh, he goes to everything. Thank you for having the name Clavin, so it rhymes so well with Maven. Uh, and, I, and you I must it. thank my parents. Yes, I will. So, so you have an interesting, uh, an offbeat twist, like you did with our horrible holidays well, edition. Yeah, I mean, everybody, everywhere, all at once is making their Oscar predictions right now, <laughs> and, and I'm, I'm proud to say that uh, I'm not going to do that because I have not seen any of the movies with the major nominations. <laughs> Really, you actually managed to escape watching any of them? Any of them. That's and I, and I can, I can tell you talented. why. And I have yes. some examples why. Uh, in the best actor category, the favorite is Brendan Fraser. Yeah. For The Whale. He's now, supposed to be great. I've seen Moby Dick. <laughs> but then 
I realized it was a story about an aging, overweight man with no friends who was a mediocre college professor. And I said, why should I pay to see that on the screen when I just have to look in the mirror? <laughs> there you go. Okay. So, Play okay. the comedian today. Good point. Good point. <laughs> One down. All right. Uh, about everywhere, everywhere, everybody, all at once, however everybody the, all is. The everything everything, everything all at once. is in the same title of that movie. Um, now, with my prostate, do I want to sit through a 139-minute movie about a foreign movie where about the main character's got three eyes? I, I, I wouldn't do it with your prostate. <laughs> Anybody's prostate. Okay. Any movie with Jamie Lee Curtis that doesn't have Michael Myers threatening her with a knife is just not for me. Oh, <laughs> I will tell you that I think Jamie Lee Curtis is going to win the Oscar, and I'm in the minority on that because that category, Best Supporting Actress, is always the squirreliest every year and yeah. goes when it was supposed to go, let's say, to... Uh, Lauren Bacall, it went to Juliette Binoche, like in the 90s. When yeah. I, so I don't think, uh, I think she's been around so long mm-hmm. to make a serious point for here for just a moment, and then we'll get back into this. And uh, she's Hollywood royalty. She's Hollywood royalty. She's yeah. the, the, and oh, she's, she, worked she's worked a long a time. Long They're going to give her the, the, you know, you've been in it for a long time award. I think, I think. so. I think so, too. Well, that's why I finally gave it to Paul Newman for The, the Color of Money. Yeah. Not right. a particularly good movie, no. but it was like, correct. Although yeah, it beats he, the Silver Chalice. And it, Sil- the anything silver beats chalice. the Silver Chalice. Yeah. <laughs> All right, back to, okay, back to more of your Noscars. Is that what you're calling these? Another favorite is the Banshees of Inisherin. Yeah. And uh, I don't know, a friend suddenly stops talking to you and ignores you. It's too autobiographical for me. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of the movies are ringing way too true for you. Yeah, they're uncomfortable. (laughs) And any, any, you know, I can't watch a movie in which fingers are severed because then I'll never have uh, mozzarella sticks and marinara sauce again. So I and those are such a key part. And those of are a very part of my diet. Pyramid, of yeah. course. Is, Actually, yeah. if you took the the hot dog fingers from everything, everywhere, all at once, and served them in With Banshees the... of Inisherin, you'd have a crossover promotion there. I wonder if somebody would... clever is doing that for the Oscar banquet. Would maybe? Yes. Maybe. <laughs> okay. <laughs> As what, we else, speak, what else you got? Wolfgang like? Puck is working. Well, on the best that. actress uh, uh, favorite is Kate Blanchett and Bridget, as you well know. When she refused to reunite with Jeffrey Rush to star in a screenplay rewrote titled Trek, Trek, her career went downhill ever since. Wait a minute, <laughs> you guys, you guys did a screenplay for Jeffrey Rush and yeah, Kate Blanchett, and, and it was called Trek. Trek. And yeah. it was a follow-up to Shine or to the... No, 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 no it was completely it was, different. It was based oh, on a book oh, oh. called Trek by Paul yeah. Stewart, and we adapted it way back in it's quite wonderful. something Yeah. It was wonderful. And we they, had they, lots of people attached to, to it. it. Wait a minute, did Kate show some initial interest yes. and then yes. just ghost you guys? Yes. Yeah. Seriously? Before ghosting was a thing. So now I don't want her to win. She did a Brendan Gleeson on us. We were on the forefront of ghosting. Just just stopped talking to us. It was amazing. Um, So she talked to us for a minute. So yeah, go on. So yeah, she's out. She's she's fine to go on the path. Her name is Ashes in My Mouth. She goes on the path. Well, Michelle Yeoh is going to win that anyway. Okay. Michelle who? Michelle The the movie you didn't see, Everything Everywhere All at Once. Of course. Oh my God. Okay, continue, Clavin. Now, best director. Here's a big finish here. Best director. I can tell you who's not going to win. Steven Spielberg oh, no, for the no. Fablemans. He should win. No, he should. Well, no, the thing is, I'll tell you why. Because that's what the Academy Awards does to Steven Spielberg. Okay. Okay. He's too y- big. You know, you know how many Oscars he's won? No. Two. For what? In his long career, he, he won for Schindler's List. Right. And Saving Private Ryan. That last one was 1999. So arguably, America's best director has not won an Oscar in 24 years. Yeah. That's that's absolutely. So who's cr- going to win? He, he and what are the ones he hasn't won for? Two Daniels are going to win, I think. Oh yeah. Uh yeah. Well, the, the two guys from Everything Everywhere All at Once. 
Well, i just give a quick list. I have a couple of notes here about uh, he didn't win for... Well, first of all, he never even got nominated for Jaws. Not even nominated. Such a great movie. And, yeah. And, and there's that in the Sugarland Express, of course. <laughs> but Duel. What else did he not get, not get an Academy Award for? He didn't get an Academy Award for uh, Close Encounters, Jurassic Park, Munich, Lincoln, E.T., my personal favorite, A.I. Oh, yeah. That's... I think he should do a movie about the Oscars and call it F.U., <laughs> <laughs> anyway, all right. I'm just gonna. All uh, opinions of Mr. Clavin are his own. Uh, my yeah, own, yes. yeah, yeah. Yes, we do not share the opinions of Mr. Clavin, no, at do. least not in public. Once again, this year, my Academy Award invitation got lost in the mail. It's like all the other commenters, I'll be watching it at home on television. Okay, good. And I'm gonna steal a line from Bob Hope that Oscar time for him was, in his house was known as Passover. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Clavin, Tom Clavin, our movie thank maven. You. Thank you for coming in with your Noscars. Noscars. We will uh, be on the edge of our seat next week watching to see if you are correct. Should we play him off just like they do at the Oscars? Yeah, he's gone too long. Thanks, Jim. Jim Turner playing. And uh, because on a Sunday afternoon it was our show or an hour-long infomercial on Juicers, this is Air Hamptons with Bridget and Bill. All the fiber you need, less pulp. Not Thanks really. for joining us. You've got a lot of pulp. There's, there's way too much pulp. Well, hey, speaking of pulp, we, uh, it's, uh, it's one of our favorite times of the week. We're going to do a little Hamptons chattering uh, and learn about what's happening everywhere with the great Patrick McLaughlin. Patrick, welcome. Oh, my God. Thanks. Oh, look, Whoa. you got a little musical assist. Oh, oh look, I... you, we're giving you some headroom. There you go. How do I look? You Listening look on the radio, gorgeous. no one even saw that. Oh wow! Yes. <laughs> um, so hi, welcome Patrick back. Hi. That was you. a fun. That was fun stuff, wasn't it? Yeah. It's, it's always fun when you come on. Too. We're as stunned as you are. Well, I mean, get yeah, Joe Brooke here, and she worked at a real news channel. I'm so That's impressed. No. <laughs> Not like we worked. We don't know how she got through the uh, the screen process here. Um, oh my gosh! Yeah, but interesting very, about very... flowers. Did you know Bernie Madoff um, was a big? He was really into flowers and had a whole garden at his estate in Montauk. Really? Is that true? It was a pansy scheme. Uh, oh, God, a wow. pansy scheme. Did Clavin write that for you? Oh, man. We'll do that through trial and error. Oh, and the, oh well, no. God, no this, there is no trial and error here. It's all... Uh, trial and error. Oh, bad pun. Trial, trial and error. There's actually a book oh. called that. Is there really? I guess yeah. it's about gardening. It is. You, get, you Where did we go off, the, right on off the, the rails? If there's a way to kill it, I can do it when it comes to gardening. No, go ahead. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, bad. No, bad. We have a really good... Well, you've been to my house. I have a huge garden. I don't do it. You know, <laughs> actually, Mrs. McCuddy has done their pots. They've gone to pot with I, her. I, I, I went blank. The and giant, I the, 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 the pots, pots by the pool. By her oh, pool. the big, beautiful pool pots. Yes, pool pots. beautiful pots. pool pots. Not to be confused with the pole pots. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh. No, there you go. Now Email me and pho. I'll get you her phone number. Now, um, oh. now I'm in the mood for pho. So what's happening in the Hamptons? Well, also, I want to talk about the Oscars. I'm excited for L.A. Confidential. I think that's going to win. What year is it? I suddenly got really confused. Is that Louisiana or Los Angeles? Uh, I I don't know any of the movies. I haven't seen any of them. Well, that was Clavin's point. I mean, I think this is a year when a lot more people have seen a lot more movies. And uh, and I still think maybe it's not going to get a huge number. but I, I'm I'm pulling for a couple of things. I think it would be amazing if uh, if Maverick won. Yeah, but, but they nominated 20 movies, Bill. Like, no, they why? Might. No, it, they're, it's 10, and they're they're it's 20, obligated. Whatever. It's, it's 20 at the Golden Globe, or yeah. it can be a lot more at the Golden Globe. Whatever. I'm kidding, but it's a lot. Yeah. No, they they are obligated to do 10, and so they did. But what what's exciting this year for anyone listening is there's a 
a four in ten chance that you saw those movies. Some of the other movies, yeah. Fablemans that we were talking about a moment ago, hasn't made any money. Yeah. But things like Elvis made a lot of money. I haven't uh, seen it. Haven't well, seen it. You I haven't just, seen I, Elvis. No, I bought it, but I haven't seen it. I, it's I, good. Too. I still have it. It's, it's, it in my eye, to my Apple the TV thing. with the movie going world that no one's seen. I haven't it. seen Maverick yet. I did, and you know what? I had to watch the original Top Gun again, but thank God there's fast forward because I, like, yeah. I don't like this part. No, this part's boring. I just want to see the flying. No, I don't care. You about just wanted story. to go to the volleyball scene. That's what you wanted to do, Missy. Maybe. Like, cats Maybe. out of the bag. Oh, so, are, will you go to an Oscar party? I'm to, like, I don't little... have any friends anymore. Okay. <laughs> Not to, but. You know, there are some interesting parties coming up in April, and one of them is a murder mystery weekend that oh, you know yeah, yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right, i got to pull out my cheat sheet, a.k.a. my phone, which is off because okay. everyone always yells at me. So this was covered, though, in uh, yeah, I, Hampton's Chatter. Yeah, I, you know what? Um, so they're taking over a hotel? They're well, going to, like, move into multiple, a... Multiple venues, multiple venues. And you know what? Like, have you ever done one of these things? Is this camera right? Like so he's, murder, he's murder holding mystery? up a, a yeah, board yeah. game that's called well, Murder no, Mystery. No, have you ever, like, everyone always says these are so much fun, and I figure this is a lot easier. Like, with this, you have to send out character booklets. You have to make the dinner they make. It's yeah, like, yeah. what's a pain in the ass? Okay, so can I say yes? So this, so been, this is easier. What what they're going to do, I think, out it's here April, is something... Yeah. Oh, it, Stage, weekend? you'll solve murder mysteries. They're going to have dinners with authors like Michael Connolly, who wrote The Lincoln Lawyer. Oh, he's amazing. He's going to be one of the guests. And uh, they're going to have like one-on-one -on -one dinners, kind of like they do for Authors Night. Which I am doing again this year, by the way. I'm oh. very excited. Oh, you're doing oh. Authors Night? Yes. Oh, cool. They asked me. The oh, yay. Broke. For a pop-up Broke book? it here. What? Shut <laughs> up, you. God. And they're going to so, have, you know, uh, different ven different venues, not just one place. But, but someone's going to get killed and somebody's going to have to figure it out? Yeah, I think it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. They've been planning this for a while. So and I, uh, the usual murder mystery is like it's like dinner theater. You go in, yeah. it's two hours. You're saying that this is going to be like a whole like week or weekend. Weekend, yes. It's, I'm cheating again. Days. I'm cheating again. 13th through the 16th. Okay, right. fan, of April. And yeah, how yeah. do people find out about this? this well, is awesome. you can go to HamptonsWhoDoneIt.com. I believe it's .com. Yeah, HamptonsWhoDoneIt.com or HamptonsChatter.net. Or you can go to HamptonsChatter.net, and I'll, I'll give you the links. Oh, are you going to participate? Because I have yeah, a feeling you know what they're asking me to host a dinner. I'm like, uh. Oh, can I, I, I want to do this with you. It's so much fun. You it's, know, a lot, I, it's a lot of work. Well, you know, I get together with, um, with uh, Joe and Dana Shaw from the, from the Express News Group yeah. and Annette Hinkle and Adam Flax, who we call the Flinkles. Yeah. So it's the Flinkles, the Shaws, and the Leroy Johnsons. And we do things like this. Like we went to Sleep No More right. in February, you know, at the McKittrick Hotel where you, you it's an immersive Now that's experience. the same idea, right? You wander around a house where somebody's been killed or not? Well, it's, it's actually, it's based on the Scottish play and it's got lots of naked bodies and there's weird like things you crawl through. It's like a two and a half, three hour. Remember Tamara experience. in the city? They used to have it. Was like a, it was like an off-Broadway show, and oh. you went, and it was a murder mystery. And I think they that had was it. in a hotel downtown. Yeah, well, I think too, it, was, right? it was in a hotel somewhere. I yeah, so these things awesome. are like I think probably also with the end, not the end, but the 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 winding down of the pandemic. These kind of small group things yeah. are, are what people feel comfortable with. It's maybe. like because Tony it's cabin and, fever. Yeah, it's like Tony and Tina's wedding, but someone will get you know offed. And well, what's nice this <laughs> time is that somebody keels over at one of your dinner parties, it's for a reason. <laughs> oh, but, but I'm bummed, It's Bill. not the cooking, Tough folks. room. Um, All right. We, got, we just have a couple of minutes left. So uh, what are you looking forward to in the Hamptons this summer, and what can you sort of preview for us in terms of what's happening? Can I tell you, I, I just, I, I was really blown away, and I rarely say this about a restaurant. Uh, I went to Leon 1909 on Shelter Island the other night. I've Has heard it, about it. What that. is it called? Leon 1909. I've not even heard of it. You walk in, and the the whole back wall is a huge oven, like 
open flame and roasting chickens and beef and everything. Oh. I got to tell you, it was one of the, the coolest venues I've been in. The food was phenomenal. The service was great. And I drove to Shelter Island in the middle of winter, and I enjoyed it. So wow. there you go. See, anything you say about food, I'm, I'm intermittent fasting. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, sorry. I, well, today's my, my first day. In other words, I haven't, I didn't have breakfast. Is what I'm trying to say. Please. Yeah, well, yeah. stop. I'm dying. I want to go and room. have. I want cool room. Yeah, cool room. <laughs> I want to go and have like roasted chicken. Now that sounds. Oh my fantastic. god, it was the best roasted chicken ever. Let's all go. Best ever. Let's all go, and then let's all do a murder mystery thing together. I'm feeling very like a, in tune with everybody. By the it's way, the go, flowers. Going, it's Jill's flowers. It is the flowers. But they I'm, made it. They brought us all together. Going back to uh, the the Hamptons murder mystery. Yes. Tickets uh, are on sale starting March 1st, which was a couple days ago. Yeah. How much and, is it? Do you have any idea? Uh, I, the tickets vary depend upon. On whether you want to do a dinner or how many events you want to go to. I think, I think to, that's so. de classe in the Hamptons to ask how much something costs. If you have to ask, you can't I'm, go. I'm, exactly. <laughs> there you go. You have You're to ask out. How much? I can't go. You can't go. McCudley can't go. And Mrs. McCuddy's going to want to go because it's a murder mystery and she's hooked like crack on Dateline. She and all that can come with me. Why is it every time? She was married to the doctor of her dreams. You know, it's <laughs> like, oh, this is not going to end <laughs> no, well. Exactly. You know, like, tonight on Dateline. Mrs. McCuddy looked happy, but was she? So everything's always a question at the end of the sentence. Right, right. And there's some music. By the way, if anyone ever off, if you ever, if you ever get offered to go into another room for some lemonade, don't do it. Right, right. And my husband, when he brings me coffee in the morning, he says, "Make sure to drink every drop." And he says it like that. That's not a good Ooh, sign. suspicion. Hey, we're gonna go to Broadway when we come back, yes. and then we're heading down to Palm Beach. But first, let's play us out with a little something from Jim Turner. We are talking cabin fever because this is March Madness, and you're listening to Air Hampton. With Bill and, and Bridget. Okay, that was a nice little. Thank you, Jim Turner. So in the so the madness continues. Yes, it does. In the flight path of the new futuristic helicopters, the New York Post says will soon hover quietly above. They could be there right now. This is Air Hamptons with Bridget and Bill. Please fasten your seatbelts. Do you know about don't those? Don't get me started about the tray table. Do you know about those? What? Don't get you started on the tray table. What? Do you know about those helicopters, those super quiet helicopters that are supposed to bring the rich people back oh, and forth come on. to the Hamptons this summer? Yeah, super yeah. quiet, like... Like a balloon? That'll be a scant couple That's... million dollars. So listen, if we can't get to the city and we are cooped up yes. and we want to see a great Broadway show, yes. you sat down recently. I did. Wait, but let me even say that even if you are cooped up, and, and but also there's lots and lots of people who actually maybe can't even afford to go to a Broadway show, especially if you have a family and you want to you know, bring your kids or something like that. And there is a solution. And there were years and years where they would show Broadway shows and stuff on PBS and it was deadly. It was like they filmed like uh, a high school musical. Yeah. Uh, but now they brought in lots of cameras and they do it, they shoot it like a television show. You had a chance to sit down with these folks and I I'm excited it. because I'm desperate to see, uh, which I missed when it ran, which is the other cool thing about this, uh, Mr. Saturday Night. And so. I'm so glad you said that because I haven't had a chance to use my name drop jar. And Amanda Green is like one of my oldest and dearest friends. We went to school everywhere together, and then we both show up and at she Brown. Wrote that? We show up at Brown on the first day, and we're roommates. It's like, what? Nobody else would take us? Like, that's ridiculous. So, yes, she is. And she wrote some amazing lyrics for the show. She just was nominated for a Grammy. So, there's an amazing new service, or we think it's amazing. It's called Broadway HD, and we're going to hear all about it right now.
Bonnie and Stuart, thank you so much for joining us on Air Hamptons with Bridget and Bill. Great to see you. Oh, thanks. thanks for yeah, great to be here. Um, so we want to talk about Broadway HD. I mean, this is such a, a Herculean undertaking to uh, have Broadway plays in high definition available for people to stream, especially if they have cabin fever, it's great, or they can't afford to see the shows. How did you even come up with this idea? <laughs> well, you know, it's sort of a, an idea decades in the making. You know, I've seen, uh, I've been producing shows for 45 years now. I've got the six Tony Awards, I own a theater, and I've seen other uh, people try and monetize and uh, expand the Broadway experience, either through VHS, DVD, Blu-ray, pay-per-view. But, you know, there wasn't enough of an audience of scale to make it work as a business until streaming came along. And Bonnie and I saw streaming as the future for Broadway to reach more people at an affordable price uh, and without geography getting in the way. And it can other theater fans, you know, people that didn't have access. So it's not just for people that can't go. It's for people that can go. And then they also want to interact with this art form that they love 24-7. And it's for people that, you know, didn't know that there was anything there for them because they were afraid of a hundred plus dollar ticket. So here they can experiment and say, you know what? I'm an Andrew Lloyd Webber fan. I didn't know it, but here I am. So just sort of expanding the existing fan base. But starting, uh, you started in, what was it, 2013? Is that when you started the business? <laughs> a cat just walked through for those who can't see. Um, <laughs> oh, you were, we're doing cats. No. <laughs> yes. Right on cue. <laughs> starting in 2013, I mean, I've noticed that some of the plays you have, like you have James Earl Jones and uh, Angela Lansbury and Dr Driving Miss Daisy. I mean, some of these people aren't even with us anymore. That, that's quite a far-reaching vision you guys had. Uh, you know, it's it's been quite an experience. We were able to, one of my favorite shows that we shot uh, was the uh, musical 42nd Street. Uh, and it was directed by Mark Bramble, who was the original book writer with Michael Stewart when it was on Broadway back when Gower Champion did it. And he was directing this version. And because he was there at the beginning, he had the spirit and he had the intention of what the show was about. So there's a certain authenticity that we were able to capture in uh, this production of 42nd Street because Mark was involved with it. And and unfortunately, like three months after we shot it, he passed away. Right. So, you know, you've got to capture, you got to carp yeah. diem, right? You know? Yeah, and it's beautiful. There's like, I think there's like 45 in the cast. It's a huge oh. musical. So it's really, uh, really beautiful. That's One funny. Beautiful. <laughs> I remember George Carlin, when he made a list of things that make him happy, it was like a whole bunch, he might not have said bunch, but a whole load of people on stage tap dancing at the same time. Like, that makes him happy. Um, <laughs> I'm just curious because both of you have such a, a history, both on stage and behind the scenes, and you're multiple award winners. Do you have a macaroni and cheese show, like a show that's a comfort show for you? Do you know what I mean? Or the music or the, the storyline? I think for me, it's probably if I if I really think about it, it's probably Gypsy. And my step, my grandfather oh. directed the film, the original, you know, the one with Rosalind Russell. But the the songs in that, I hear them, and it just brings me down like to a happy level. You know, whenever I want, I've got favorite overtures. You know, and the Gypsy's overture is one of the top ones, next to Carousel. 
uh, just to, to 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 help you lift the spirit, as you said. Yeah, no, there are certain shows like that. Yeah, I mean, I love the big musicals as well. So we have a Phantom, we have a Les Mis, we have a Jesus Christ Superstar. So it's sort of like, what's your mood? Do you want, you know? And yeah. so I think there's there's something there with all of our musicals. Um, we also have some really thoughtful plays too that um, that I have recommended to people um, to inspire them to either you know, uh, write something, a way of directing something, a way that you can actually do a very small, you know, scaled down production, but with something that really is impactful. Um, and one of mine uh, that I mentioned with this and thinking of this is a show called On the Exhale, which is actually about um, gun control. Unfor you know, yeah, so it's really powerful. It's a one person show, Marin Ireland. Um, and it's, uh, it, you know, it, it, how powerful just a one person show can be. But then we have the other extreme, which is the 45 people in the cast of 42nd Street. All <laughs> tap dancing at the same time. <laughs> Um, so do you have something like a special, um, like a school thing? Because I imagine that schools would want to stream some, some of these shows. We actually have a distribution outlet that doesn't, do, doesn't stream all of the titles because they don't consider all of them as, you know, that they can support it with the educational piece. Um, so we do uh, license certain titles off and then everybody that has like the nyu.edu, you know, email would be able to access them with a password while they're there kind of thing. So there is, but it's not the whole platform. It's not all the shows that you would see aren't available um, at this moment for, uh, for educational purposes. But we do have a, a distribution arm that reaches, I think it's up to 3 million students with the distributor that we have. And we have a vast library that includes not only Shakespeare and Arthur Miller, but also the classic Broadway musicals. So uh, all for educational purposes. That's so amazing. I wish this had been around when I was in school. It's just wonderful to offer this all around Broadway in high definition, broadwayhd.com. Do you guys have, well, what's the most popular uh, streaming? Do, is there one show that gets uh, a, lot of, a lot of love over the other ones? You know, some of the popular ones that you can imagine are the big names on Broadway. So our Les Mis is very popular. Our Phantom is very popular. Our Joseph and his amazing technical, the Dreamcoat, is always in the top 20. Yeah. So, you know, it, it, it's the ones that, that, that people are familiar with, I think, that they enjoyed, that they've done in high school, that kind of show. Yeah, Little sure. Women, Kinky Boots, Cats. We have a Cats. Um, and it's it's fun because those ones are are still being produced live. So the the streaming doesn't affect it. It just reminds people of like, oh, that's a great show. We should do that here. So um, oh, I think there's cool. a lot of uh, ways we reach people. It's kind of another way of doing an original cast recording that they used to do back in the day. You know. Sure, sure. That's amazing. Is there one uh, thing that you one play or or musical in the past? Like if you could go back and do one Broadway HD of one show that ran on Broadway? Oh, oh! one of my early hits uh, was, was the original La Cajol Fall on Broadway. And Let you know- carry you. That's right. Well, no, we, we had, uh, was it George Hearn? George, oh, that's right. And, uh, and you know, it was, it was, Arthur Lawrence directed it and it was so smooth and cinematic in its own style. Uh, and it's never been shot before. Uh, I mean, I think it's, it might be at the Lincoln Center Library, but not on a commercial basis, the way we shoot shows. That's one I wish we'd captured. And that was Stu's first Tony. That was my first Tony. Yeah. I love that show. I think I, I actually, I think I was at the, uh, the opening night and I forgot that, of course, that it was George Hearn. He was brilliant. Um, what about you, Bonnie? Anything? Um, 
for a, 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 a wish that we caught, um, you know, it's just so many, there's just so many great shows. And Stu and I really believe like if every, you know, everything that gets to Broadway should be shared with an audience outside of the four walls of that theater. So I'm a believer that, you know, everything, we want everything that, that hits that Broadway stage to be able to be streamed. Um, so I think there's, you know, there's, there's so many shows. I, I just, it, it breaks my heart that everything isn't captured in this way. Um, moving, I, I could pick just one. But moving forward, people can turn to broadwayhd.com and you can get a subscription and watch a whole bunch of shows, get a party together, get some people together and have a cat's party or something. <laughs> we're, we're, adding, we're adding new shows all the time. So yeah, every month is different. And you have over 300 already up, yes? That's just amazing. So bravo, standing ovation for the two of you. Thank you so much, Bonnie Comley, Stuart Lane. Just so grateful to have you on our show. Thanks again. Bye-bye. Thank, Thank you. You know, without sounding like a commercial, this to me feels like the channel you don't even know exists. What, that it's Broadway out HD? there yeah. and that it's doing this and has over 300 shows. I was sort of going through it the other night and some of the things are really old productions and some are very new right. and some are in that kind of clunky way that I was talking about before because that was the technology 30 years ago right, but so they, you got Jason Alexander and Bye Bye Birdie uh shot kind of, I, I some of them are so, like little films yeah too. well they have like the Bette Midler Gypsy um there there are some but I but I imagine that as they move forward and get to tape maybe more revivals and stuff. They'll they'll um, you know they'll kind of nudge those ones off and have an actual Broadway show. But the, their um, cat catalog is amazing. Well, as and I, I mentioned, Mr. Saturday Night is shot like a movie and looks really cool. And if, if there were more things like that, I think more and more people, especially limited run things that they want to go see and yeah. can't get to New York. Uh, this is a great thing. Broadway HD uh, run by. Uh, Bonnie and Stuart, and they were great guests. And we have another couple that we're going to talk to. We do. And coming all the way because of ca the cabin fever that we've been talking about. Uh, they Some people get out of the cabin. Yeah, some, some people, yeah, some people get the hell out of Dodge. Spread their wings and fly And leave the, the Hamptons cabin. and go down to Florida in mass numbers this year. Bridget. Oh, the snowbirds. What are we doing here? I, I'm, I'm, you, dude, I'm usually in Costa Rica. I just came we're back for an hour. Room and Wayne Scott. <laughs> We're supposed to mention this is the LTV studio, yes, but you're listening is. to it on uh, perhaps on WLIW. We thank uh, we thank you for watching or listening. And uh, yeah, so you had a chance to sit down with the legendary TV personality Bill Boggs and Lady Jane Rothschild to talk about Palm Beach and Hamptons and and all things. And our own Jim Turner actually uh, performed at Bill Boggs' birthday a few years ago. Is that right? Uh, right. Yeah. I had a with him, I love him. All right, we can't afford to play the happy birthday song, but uh, <laughs> I think it's in public domain. He knew but Sinatra, okay, Sinatra, he knew he's known everybody. So I knew Sinatra. I knew Sinatra. Okay, all right, no one. You know that I did. I mean, you know he lived with my grandmother. Frank or Frank Junior? No, Frank. Nancy. No, Tina. No, Frank Sinatra. God, he was my secret. That's my a story. Best I want to hear about that. I'll show you a picture during the break. Okay, we don't have a break. In the meantime, let's go back down to Palm Beach and talk to uh, my good buddy Bill Boggs. Bridget, joining us now is our man in Palm Beach and uh, his fantastic lady. It is Bill Boggs and Lady Jane Rothschild. Bill, uh, you know from television uh, here in the New York area for years and years, they make their summer home in East Hampton, but in the winter, 
the two of them, like everyone else, I guess it's now the law in Manhattan. Uh, yes, it is. And Mayor Adams is not happy they, with that. They head, they head to that, what used to be the sleepy little burg known as Palm Beach. Uh, right. Jane and Bill, welcome to uh, Air Hamptons with Bridget and Bill. Thank uh, you. As much as, as much as we live it here, love it here, we, we miss we miss our beloved house in Springs in East Hampton. I, I just think that Hampton is one of the most beautiful parts of America, actually physically beautiful all right your taxes are still going up that didn't help uh but look all of all of new york seems to be down there and what what would you say has happened to either one of you uh to palm beach in the last let's say five years was it just covid or what i mean this was the sleepiest little town in florida and now uh it's gone crazy what do you attribute that to well i don't think it's ever been maybe in the 30s, the sleepiest little town in Florida. Palm Beach has a, has had a powerful residency of people. Palm Beach itself is a barrier island, like Ocean City, New Jersey is, or whatever. And Fire, Island. Fire Island. It's a barrier island. And then you have West Palm Beach, which is right across a couple of bridges, which is really becoming a rather big build-up city. We have an international airport. So I, th I think the pandemic had a lot to do with it. I, I also think that uh, Mar-a-Lago had a lot to do with it. You know, the fact that Palm Beach was constantly in the news, it put, it put more Palm Beach stuff out here, out well, there. Politics aside, has, has, has the Trump residency there like divided the town or most people, do they honk and wave when they see him? Are they happy to see him or do, are they like, boycotting that place I, we don't but, see can i tell you i i rode by literally five minutes ago yes coming from an event yes and it right in front of mar-a-lago were two men with machine guns and there was a guy on a bicycle with a gigantic flag usually they have trump flags this oh. guy had a flag but i had not which i had not seen before right. big dump Biden. So there are that's a cheerful atmosphere. That, that's technically around. a Trump. That's technically a Trump flag. Very nice. Machine yeah. guns. You know, it's yeah. comforting on a Sunday or whatever. Day is Have you guys been to Mar-a-Lago? I've been twice. We were there twice. I think the first year we were there. I deny it. I, I, <laughs> we went for two charity events. One look, one thing down here is I wanted to say one of the differences between the so-called Hamptons and down here is that, that Palm Beach has bigger balls. We have balls, <laughs> we have bigger balls and more balls than-, than And wealthier Hampton. balls. And wealthier balls. Because, now this is really serious, it's the center of philanthropy. The, the Palm Beach Post, which is a, a really good newspaper, I think, um, has an entire section once a week just on philanthropic activities. The galas. Balls, galas, dinners. And so there is a lot of money in Palm Beach. There always has been a lot of money in Palm Beach. There's always been a lot of celebrities in Palm Beach, if you go back over the years. And there's a lot of philanthropy in Palm Beach. Which is really right. Good the point. restaurants start the uh, early bird dinner at 2.30, right? I mean, we've eaten already. No, we, we've, we've had our meal. We've had our meal already. It's so pretty honestly. It's, we're, talking on a, we're talking on a Sunday afternoon. What's a typical Saturday night for you two in Palm Beach? What's going on in terms of a, a gala or a, an art opening? or a, And you mentioned West Palm. So are you going back and forth on some, uh, oh, some well, sure. social well, outings? Kravitz Center. Yeah, well, first of all, Palm Beach is, um, compared to the Hamptons, it's much more accessible. Much there's so much going true. on and there's no traffic. 
Yeah. But there are parking lots. So it makes it easier. Like we go to Travis Center frequently where they have shows and lectures and recitals. I'm, I'm going yeah. to the ballet there next week. So many things happen at Kravis. And in the various, there are small theaters, drama works in West Palm Beach I go to, uh, yeah. which are easier. So the, the Kravitz is kind of your Kennedy Center or your Lincoln like Center. Yeah. Like a Link, I, Lincoln yeah. Center or the McCallum out, out in Palm. Out in, what's, in a, Palm what's, a ticket, what's a ticket go to there for uh, a Tony Bennett or, a, or whoever? I know you get some big. Whole Anchor was about 175 a, a seat for, oh. reason, for, good, for good seats. The thing that Jane points out there is it's a huge amount in terms of galleries and restaurants and music shows and plays going on in our beloved Hamptons. The thing here is, Bill, sometimes we'll say, geez, we don't want to drive to Southampton from East Hampton. Whereas the same distance out here, you can get to just like that. There's also there's also People listening to this now are going, yeah, that sounds like a living hell, getting from one beautiful place to another beautiful place. Well, you know the what truth the is in the summer, right. it's bumper to bumper and it is hard to get any place out here. That, that's all I'm saying. It, 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 look. I'm out there, I'm, we're in East Hampton because we love it, but there, there are times when you just make a decision based on, I don't want to tackle Friday night traffic. I don't want to tackle Sunday or Saturday traffic to go from East Hampton to South Hampton or further, like West Hampton has wonderful music, but the concept of driving there on a you know, Friday, thir Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, not appealing. Let me give you an example. You mentioned Saturday night. Last night I was invited to a, a dinner party in someone's home and there are lots of parties in people's homes and i went fran weiss with the broadway it was, all, it was the, all women it was a hand, it, it was hand ten, ten ladies yeah. all terrific ladies i'm not to pray but all the women had much more going on than i do but nonetheless I was no invited. that's not true Jane. i was invited and um it was fran weiss with the broadway producer of chicago and so many other things and there are a lot of events like that where people are gracious and invite you to home parties. But what is the same as it? The same, the same as, as well, it well, let me ask you this. Is it too much like New York? I mean, you've got Bill Bouquet down there. You've got Almond. It's like, is there anything different? Or and, and, if you're seeing all the same people and you're eating at no, all the same not, restaurants, no, is it is it its own thing? You're not seeing all the same people. We we have an entire circle of friends, Bill. We've been here out five years, six years. Six. Entire circle of friends that are people we didn't know before we came down here, many of whom, are, you know, are not in the Hamptons. We're pretty much immersed. You know, I love music. Jane loves music. We're pretty much immersed in the music community down here. So we'll, we, in the course of, you say, a typical week this coming this coming week on Valentine's Day, we're going to be seeing Monty Alexander. Uh, later in the week, I, I still have a file of facts, and you of can see how busy it it's, is. Jane's holding up her her daily planner, and it's you want to see a flip off. phone. You want to see a flip phone? She has a flip. <laughs> hey, are uh, any plans for a for a book party anytime soon for the next version of the Adventures of uh, Spike the Wonder Dog? I know that the sequel is coming up called uh, Spike Unleashed, and that's going to be in stores in July. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Spike Unleashed is a direct sequel to uh, The Adventures of Spike the Wonder Dog. You appear as yourself in Spike Unleashed. The Golden Anvil. It's, it's um, not why I brought it up, but it is not. No, I know that. I know that. The goal now is to take both books. It's about 650 pages of original comedy and get it optioned for a cartoon series based on Spike. But you can order the original Spike, orderspike.com, advance order, uh, Spike Unleashed. Spike Unleashed has some really funny stuff. And, oh, and by the way, Spike Unleashed is set in High Point, North Carolina, 
Oh. Where your career Manhattan, began. Palm Beach and East Hampton. Oh, all, places, all places where I've been and lived. See how we brought it around full circle? Our man, our man and lady in the Palm in Palm Beach, and he's holding up the book like he should in case you're <laughs> good for this. Fun. It's uh, Bill Boggs and, and uh, Lady Jane. Thank you so much for joining Jane us. Just Jane Rothschild. Jane, okay, just Jane Rothschild. Lady is fun. She was a lady and then she met Bill Boggs. Uh, <laughs> now she's simply Jane the Brain. She has to be the brain with me. Well, listen, you're welcome on this show anytime. Thanks for joining us. And uh, keep us posted about what's going on down in Palm Beach. We got a oh. dance papers down there now. We got everybody's down there. Vicky Schnapps is down here. We're it's only up here. You've taken everybody away from us. All right. Thank you both. We'll talk to you again you. soon. And Thank there you. is much more after this. Don't go away. That was great. I yeah, love hearing. I love they're Bill so Bob. charming. They are so lovely. <laughs> I forgot. I out of that interview, I did a. Uh, well, there's much more coming. So we had a little bit of of Jim Turner there. Some cabin uh, fever Jim, music. Thanks. So they're not they're not suffering from cabin fever down in Palm Beach. Well, they they're going be. out every night. They're at the they Kravitz are. Center. Yeah, they're That's they're going nuts. That's so great. I mean, it's... should we send Turner down to the Kravitz Center? They, he can uh, he can open for Vic Damone or Ghost of Vic Damone. I don't know. <laughs> Ghost of Vic Ghost. Damone. I think that's actually the name of the band. Yeah. It should be if it isn't. That's Boy, great. Boy, this has been a this show has been chock a block. <laughs> okay, enough cabin right. fever yeah. over okay, there in the corner, enough. kiddo. Let, let's let Jim Turner out of the cabin. Uh, <laughs> okay. You know, um, that down in Costa Rica, I have log cabins. I literally. So when I say I have cabin fever, it means I can't wait to get back to my cabins in Costa Rica. Wow. That's what it means. And and you're a little warm about it. And um, so there's a fever <laughs> and your dad, it's like, wasn't it like 150 degrees there when no. you were there just now? No, you have, don't know what Costa, Costa Rica has eight different microclimates. I could go on all day about it. Right, no, I, can't I live afford in the mountains. I can't afford all those microclimates. Oh, stop it. Uh, <laughs> I want to mention that uh, we have friends staying down there like Bill and Jane in, uh, in Florida. And if you have a place in the Hamptons or anywhere in New York and a place in Florida, Florida, those two states have an app. What? That those two states are uh, working together to track whether you're in Florida enough number of days or in New York. Oh, enough you mean number so for residency? For residency. Oh, that's very. Isn't that's that wild? So clever. Well, yeah. I guess so. New York is the place where the most snowbirds come from. We, we'll have to look that up for the next. And show. the two states got together and said, you know, we should be really comparing notes on this. Oh, and so they gosh. have this little thing that our friends down there have. Damn you, the man. <laughs> the man. The man coming down on me and hey. harsh in Matoke. <laughs> The man here is Ellen Watson. She runs the whole place <laughs> for sure us does. on this show. And thank you to her. Thanks to everybody who worked on the show this week. We had a great time. We and did. Uh, we we're going to bust Brooke. out of this. Wait, wait, wait. We had Jill Brook, Tom Clavin, flowerpowerdaily.com. We had Patrick with Hamptons Chatter. And, and, and we had the, the two couples. We had uh, Bonnie Comley and Stuart Lane. It was almost too much show. It was too much show because we didn't get a chance to talk and be funny. Let's and get out of here. Oh, now? Okay. Do I get to eat? Yes, you can okay, have whatever good. you want. All right. Play us out, Jim. Thanks for listening to uh, this edition. Recorded at a studio called LTV for a radio station called WLIW. And anyone else who wants to hear or to listen to it at this point, uh, it's time for his meds, clearly. This is Air Hamptons with Bridget and Bill.